When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We are back with another episode of the Social Impact Show. Yay! We are still so excited to be a place to discuss all things social impact, social wear, um, just anything that's relevant to doing good and being a change agent in the world around us. Um, So we hope you enjoyed our last episode, and we are back with today's entitled 501C What? Well, As much as we want to get into a lot of topics about social impact, we also want to give a few of the basics about building a tax-exempt organization because many of the organizations that will be doing the work that we're talking about are going to be tax-exempt organizations in some way or another. So that's explaining why we're kind of doing some of this big, bare-bones stuff right now, but it's going to be important and we hope it's going to be helpful to you. So let's get into it. There are an array of ways an organization can be defined as tax-exempt, but I think it's time we start to demystify the various forms and explain the differences amongst the most um, important and the most, not maybe not so much important, but the ones that are going to get the most attention as far as organizations that fall in line with the work that we're talking about and that will be tax-exempt. Now, as an overview of tax exemption, let's just be clear on what it even means to be a 501c3 organization, because that's essentially going to be the most popular of all. So under the U.S. Code, there's Title 26, Subtitle A, Chapter 1, Subchapter F, Part 1, and then Section 501. This section defines the exemption from taxation, and the organizations that will fall under this are going to be tax-exempt. Subsections C and D particularly, though, defines the organizations that are exempt. Now, you think it's only like a few? Well, in reality, there are 29 subsections under 501 see and they range from the typical nonprofit organization that you think about to things that you probably have no idea would even qualify including NFL organizations no well not NFL excuse me let's be politically correct here um, football organizations notably the NFL and we'll get back and talk about that later on but they do range and before going into the definition of the various subsections 
want to just make a note on the difference between being tax exempt and being able to have tax deductible contributions or charitable contributions be tax deductible. Not every tax exempt organization is going to be allowed to have tax deductible contributions. So just make sure you're making note of that, that those two things are not synonymous and they don't always go hand in hand. Organizations that can be tax exempt as an entity do not necessarily automatically get the benefit of having donations be tax deductible for the donor. So with that said, let's look at 501c3, probably the most popular subsection and where the majority of the organizations that work on social impact issues will probably reside. These are going to be corporations, organizations, any community chest fund or foundation would probably apply here. They must be organized and operated for some very particular and exclusive topics. And many people may know them already, but what's important is to just note that they are religious, charitable, scientific, testing for public safety, literacy or educational purposes, or to foster international amateur competitions, or to prevent any cruelty to children or animals. Now those are the organizations that will be able to fall underneath Section 501c3. Organizations can be exempt without filing the appropriate Form 1023, which again we'll get into later about the, the intricacies of that form. But churches or associations of churches and organizations that are not private foundations and that gross receipts that are not normally more than $5,000 will gain the benefits of the tax exemption without actually having to file Form 1023. You want to make sure, again, that you are looking for appropriate legal advice or appropriate guidance as you go through this to make sure that you are actually the type of organization that falls within this subsection either through filing the form or through some exemption that's noted here. But again, it's worth getting some professional advice. Also, what makes 501c3 organizations so interesting is that they have limited political activity parameters. So you cannot, and I repeat, you cannot engage in political campaign activities, nor can you support a political candidate. And while lobbying is admitted to a certain extent there are strict limitations surrounding government lobbying for 501c3 organizations. So that's going to be the most popular one, 501c3. We know a lot about it, but I just wanted to put out there the basic uh, skeleton of what those organizations are and how they are allowed to be to exist under the U.S. Code. For 501c4, for example, um, these organizations are largely civic leagues or organizations, and they may participate in political activity and attempt to influence legislation. Now, it should be noted, though, that contributions to civic leagues or other Section 501c4 organizations are generally not deductible. And that, again, goes back to what we were saying. An organization can be tax-exempt, but the donations do not automatically have to be deductible, tax-deductible. Now, under this section, volunteer fire companies are deductible. Donations to those companies are deductible as charitable contributions, but only if they're made for exclusively public purposes. 
Similarly, there you can also have deductible charitable contributions to certain war veterans organizations. So that's 501c4, again, civic leagues or organizations. Section 501c5 are labor, agricultural, or horticultural organizations, and they are also tax exempt. Section 501c6, you have business leagues, chambers of commerce, real estate boards, professional football, football associations, which I think, again, has been a very interesting topic lately, um, as more and more people are realizing that some really popular organizations, namely the NFL, are actually tax exempt. And it should be noted, though, that contributions to Section 501c6 organizations are not deductible as charitable contributions. Again, the organization can be tax exempt, but the donations are not tax deductible. And finally, I think the one that is really interesting to take into consideration here is Section 501c7, which are clubs organized for pleasure or other nonprofit purposes. So for these organizations, your income has to be derived exclusively, and I repeat, exclusively from your members. If the income is not predominantly from members, that can be a red flag for the IRS. So you want to make sure that if you're filing for exemption under this, that you are getting majority, if not all, and preferably all of your money from your members. One difference between 501c7 tax-exempt clubs and traditional charities is that donations to the clubs, including dues, are not deductible. Again, this is another example of an organization that can be tax-exempt, but whose donations to the organization are not tax-deductible. So it seems pretty simple once you kind of have a bare-bones breakdown, skeletal outline of these organizations. Again, there are 29 subsections, and we can, if you have questions, you can email us, tweet us, and figure out, you know, we can do further explanation. But I really do think that 501c3, c4, c5, 6, and 7 are more than likely going to be the organizations that fall in line with the work that we're talking about here with regard to social impact. So... It might be helpful to read the full U.S. Code text, um, and if you want to do that, we'll provide a link to Cornell University's substantial outline, and we'll provide that on our show notes. And we just hope that this information starts to clarify the distinctions of the major classifications around 501C organizations and what it means to do that. And we'll take, like I said, we take more time later on talking about the forms and actually getting there. But I think you need to take a step in understanding the legalities behind it. And even if you're not a lawyer, it's helpful to just read through the documentation. And if it is confusing, ask the appropriate questions before just jumping into something blind. Because we don't want to assume that we know. And hopefully this is a first step into getting that understanding. And while you're going through your text. If you have questions, again, just tweet us, email us, and get in contact with us, and we hope that we can be able to provide further insight where appropriate. 
But in the meantime, we really just hope that this is a great starting place for your endeavor to do something great. So just go out and, as always, do something awesome today. Every step counts towards making a difference. And we hope even if that step is just reading the very complicated U.S. code for Section 501C, it would be something that's really helpful for you. For you. So, again, we look forward to having more conversations like this. Get in contact with us in any way you feel most comfortable. And... From now on, we just hope to hear from you soon. Take care and go and do something awesome today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.